to Judging Books by Their Covers, the podcast where we show someone a book and then ask them if we should read it. I'm Nathan from the Sex and the City, the podcast. And I'm Vive from uh, DJing on the internet because we can't do things in real life. And we have a special guest, our first guest on this podcast. It's Dave Palace. Say hi. Hey, yeah, it's Dave, and I'm from Five Minutes of Mystery, the only podcast that covers mystery men five minutes at a time. And I'm glad to be the first guest on this. Very excited to talk about some books. And that podcast is still going. Yeah, I'm slowly slowly chugging along. I'm going to record soon with Travis. That's awesome. So the book I brought today is a book called Dead as a Doornail by Charlene, Char- Charlene Harris, mm-hmm. the New York Times bestseller. And it's Halloween time. This book looks scary. And I'm going to send the cover right now to uh, both of y'all. Okay. All right. Is this our official Halloween episode, Nathan? Mm, it's close to Halloween. Spooky. spooky. Yeah, something spooky. Yep. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Always great to gather around a book cover with your family. And I'm sending that. So now Vive and I are going to describe the book cover for you at home, but you can also see it on our Instagram page at judgingbooksbytheircovers.pod. Mm-hmm. And and then uh, Dave's going to review it for us. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I'll let you start, Vee. What do you see on there? Uh, spooky, scary stuff is what I see. Uh, so there is a vampire. Spooky. And he's flying through red smoke. And he's carrying a woman. And she looks like she is uh, not conscious. Yeah, unconscious even unconscious yeah disconscious she is and there's a quote it says i love the imaginative creative world of charlene harris everyone should read dead as a doornail by christine fihan whoever that is do you think that's her cousin yeah it's her cousin second cousin it's a suki stackhouse novel if that means anything to you and it the there's also a sticker on there that says now on hbo true blood the original series based on the suki stackhouse novels oh Okay, and so now we're just going to read the back to you, and uh, and then we'll go. Small-town cocktail waitress Suki Stackhouse has had more than her share of experience with the supernatural, but now it's really hitting close to home. When Suki sees her brother Jason's eyes start to change, she knows he's about to turn into a were-panther for the first time, a transformation he embraces more readily than most shapeshifters she knows. But... Her concern becomes cold fear when Sniper sets his deadly sights on the local changeling population and Jason's new panther brethren suspects he may be the shooter. Now Suki has to now Suki has until the next full moon to find out who's behind the attacks unless the killer decides to find her first. Wow. Spooky. Spooky. That is a doornail. Dave. Yes. What was your general impression of this book? Well, I was expecting a real big intrigue into um, militia politics. Cause, but then I read, like, this is a little old. Like, this is before we got into, like, militias were a big thing. Where it was, like, every small town you had like, your classic <laughs> militia of guys who like to just shoot things that were different from them. So I I, right. I had 2020 expectations. And this book was clearly, like, you know, a couple years old. So I had to kind of, like, go, oh, yeah, I forgot. We haven't figured that all out yet. But it was really good. Like I, 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 they never talk about were panthers. You know, <laughs> we're always talking about vampires. We're always talking about werewolves. You know, and then you know, occasionally your occasional ghost demon. But I was right. like, finally, we're getting like, 
it, it was just it was it was nice. It was nice. So we're not dealing with wizards. We're not dealing with witches. We're dealing with were panthers. And I felt it was a like a fresh breath of air. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That. Wow. This sounds great. So, uh, what is a were panther? Well, it's I said were means I'm gonna change the full moon. That's what it means in Latin. And the the second half of that word is what you're gonna change into. So okay. it's werewolf, I'm going to change into a wolf. Mm-hmm. Uh, were panther, easily enough, I'm going to change into a panther. Now, this explains what it was. What the author did here is very smart. Is she worked on the large big cat population. Everyone reports on their monster forms. Where they say, I saw a big cat in the woods and panthers shouldn't be out here. And so she's so this, the author's getting ahead of it. She's getting ahead of the whole uh, Tiger King thing when when they're all those like all those guys who own large big cats killed themselves and started shooting their own population and then the animals ran into the wilderness and that's what helped populate a lot and so she's like what if we do a supernatural twist and these are actually not just breaded uh panthers and tigers they're actually were panthers and were tigers and stuff like that i found that was really cool you kind of take the news kind of like a dick wolf thing but with a supernatural you take the stuff that's in the news and you turn it into like a really fun book to read. So the Were Panther is actually, if I'm hearing right, kind of more like a superhero that protects the big cat imprisoned population. Yeah, because like what I liked about that instead of Werewolf was like you once you someone tells you how you know oh this book's got a werewolf this movie's got a werewolf you have a good chance to figure out you already know what the plot is. You're like, I know he's scared to change. What is he going to do? Is he going to eat his his, go- his girlfriend? Is he going to try to like lock himself in? Yeah, the Panthers is like what they become. They become they definitely become more like superheroes. Um, they do stand on their like hind legs and they do box. And I thought that was like really cool because it was like, hey, no one's written the book before this on Were Panthers, so you have the you have the entire lore you can really like dig into and create for yourself. We don't have like all these Van Helsing and underworld rules from werewolves and vampires. So right. I was, I was glad that we sidestepped that we sidestepped those lore plot holes. So you don't have people on message boards saying like, well, actually a pan, you know, a Panther can only become this. And you know, like a 50 year old Panther can easily be taken out by a hunter. You know, no, we, we are <laughs> sidestepping all that nonsense. And I thought that's what really made the book refreshing. It was like, we're, we're going in, we're having fun and you don't have to like go into a wiki to figure out what's going on. That that sounds great. Wow. Um, now, I do have a question because on this cover, I'm seeing a vampire. I'm just wondering where that vampire comes into the cast of characters. Well, the vampire, it's like, you know, True Blood. The, the reason that sticker's on the front is they're like, hey, you know, like maybe 30-year-old to 40-year-old woman who likes romance novels and vampires who probably mm-hmm. bought a few Twilight books. Like, remember mm-hmm. that show on HBO that has all the attractive SARS guards? Don't worry, we're gonna have a few vampires in here. It's it's kind of like the calling card. It's like you know, there's got to be a wizard in a J.K. Rowling book. It's like you know, there, there has to be. So it's it's got to be a vampire in a Suki Stackhouse novel. It it comes with the territory. But there, but it, the the vampires took a they took a uh, what you call it a backseat to the the were panthers. They got to kind of like because the few scenes when the when the vampires were kind of like in the woods and they're like what is that over there in the clearing and the vampires didn't even know it was kind of fun it was like you and the vampires get to learn about the were panthers at the same time it wasn't like someone like just such a just explain to the character well this is how they work and this is how they do i really enjoyed that <laughs> so we've got suki stackhouse who's working as a waitress in a cocktail bar yeah 
and we've got Jason, her brother, who turns in the Were Panther, and then we've got this this vampire. What are some other characters uh, that are in this book? I don't know if I should spoil this, but oh. I feel like okay, all right. Look, like if you're interested in this book, just I would say put a pause on this, and you can come back when you're done, and we'll you can finish the review. I'm gonna spoil the twist. <gasps> I have to. Ooh. It's just too good. I can't just sit on this. Okay. You know that sniper they're talking about? That's mm-hmm. the DC sniper. She took mm-hmm. the story of the DC sniper that he escaped DC and he went out into the woods west and he found new things to hunt. And he started hunting big cats because the cats are going to call the police. Literally, you know, these are were panthers and they start organizing a patrol and a posse to try and take his ass out. I really thought that was cool. It'd be like like writing a story out in the West and then it'd be like, oh, by the way, like here's Ed Gein or here's like John Wayne Gacy. Like you just like they're a villain in this book. Like you, we get to play around with it. You know, it's kind of like um like what Glorious Bastards did with Hitler. It's like we get to kill Hitler. He doesn't get to like hide and kill himself in a bunker. The scene where like Suki's just like the imagery was so cool. And she's like pouring coffee in the in the in the, in the diner at like the bullet explodes and hits the the, the coffee pot. And she's got dick cover. And yeah, exactly. They're like trying to flick the lights off, like trying to hide. Oh my God, super tense. And is the DC sniper the the jackal from the Bruce Willis film, The Jackal? He's definitely based on it. He's definitely based on The Jackal. Is he uh, a winner jackal? You know, they don't say it outright, but there's a few times where they kept saying he was sniffing the air. And I was like, all right, well, maybe he's like a really good hunter. Maybe hunters sniff the air. I don't know. But that's interesting that like it could be it could be something that they were like teasing with. I don't know. Maybe hear hear me out. He makes a phone call in the second to last chapter before he gets got. I'm thinking that's to his brother because he was like so like he's like, yeah, I'm here. All right. I'll see you soon, man. It was very cordial or very friendly how he made the phone call. I think his brother could also could either be a jackal or a recovering jackal, and they may bring him in as like a, like they have like, you know, jackals, wear panthers, like, you know, because then they can, like I said, if they're controlling this lore, they don't have to play by the rules of whatever, like, you know, Bram Stoker wrote a hundred years ago. Right. Yeah. So, uh, wow, this sounds really fascinating. You, you really painted a picture with that bullet exploding the coffee pot. Um, yeah. So can you talk a little bit about the writing style of this book? Yes. The first two chapters, I, I don't know if people are going to get this right. It's very Ray Bradbury, where it's like she's trying to like describe the town, trying to describe the rooms, but it's they don't. She doesn't give you any room to kind of have your own imagination of like what the paint on the walls might have looked like or what the paintings were. Like she goes into excruciating detail in these first two chapters, describing like what the diner looked like or like what the streets looked like, and I was like, okay, I get it. I know what a southern town could look like in my imagination. But then, 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 she sees a big cat down the street. Like, she sees a big cat, and, like, she's like, should I follow that? You know, it was one of those things. And then she she pulls herself back. She goes, wait, why did I say that? Why did I say, why should I follow that? That's dangerous. And then she starts having, and, like, the whole time, she's at the diner. She's, like, warming up scones and, like, you know, day-old, like, little apple pie slices, saying it to herself, like, why did I why did I have so much interest in that panther thing I saw? Like, was that my imagination? Was it just like some house cat and I thought it was bigger than it was? And then it starts to get more like cerebral and you start to get more into Suki's head. And then I felt like, yeah, the book just started picking up from there. Wow. That sounds like a very exciting read. Almost as if you were watching a movie. Yes. Started slow, but I said by the end, 
it was straight up like a thriller. Like you could almost expect like Matt Damon to show up as like Jason Bourne. Like it was honestly God, it was almost like Enemy of the Gates tense because it would cut to a chapter where it's like he's seeing the action through his scope and you just read that chapter and you know someone was about to get like shot at. And so you're just waiting. You're like waiting for that penny to drop. I thought that was so cool. And are there any other books in this series? I mean, this is a Suki Stackhouse, Stackhouse novel. Um, they don't say it the book. They just say, like, Suki will return and Jason will return. I was like, duh, I know that. But they mention, they they leave um, Pierre. They leave him, like, kind of. So Pierre is another vampire, but he's from he's from Canada. He's So he's like, he just kind of, he literally flew in from out of town. Like, he literally flew in from out of town. Um and he got in trouble with like to the Toronto mob and he had to fly south. And I felt like she didn't really have Pierre vampire. Like she didn't really have him all there yet, but he didn't die. I'm just spoiling that. He did not die. So I'm thinking they're going to have him as like, maybe he's going to take that job as like the night, like watchman at the junkyard. He was like debating, like just taking a settling down and like taking a job just to like make ends meet. I was like, I think she's like, she's kind of keeping him in the town as like a, we'll see where this goes. We'll see what we can like attach Pierre to in like a next book or something. So, well, uh, what do you give this book out of out of ten book covers? Out of ten, I'm gonna give it a six. I feel like a six is respectable. I think what killed me was just those first few chapters where she just got really in the weeds on describing the town. I felt like this is what this is one of my first Suki Stackhouse novels. So. To me, it was like, I, okay, thank you. And then later, and then by chapter two, I was getting bored. But if I was a regular reader, I would almost be like, do you want me just to skip the chapter three at this point? Because, like, I get the town. Like, I'm I'm in there. I'm a Suki, you know, I'm a Suki stan, you know, as, as they call right. them. On the forums. Right. So that's why I dock it. I would have probably put this at, like, a, a solid seven. Swimming in sevens. You know, it's not going to blow your socks off. It's no war and peace. But it's like, you can easily bang this out in a weekend. Uh, you know, a cup of cocoa, you're fine. Wow, that sounds cozy and spooky. Yeah, I think it is. It's a good name. This is a good choice for the Halloween season. It's like it gives you a little detective. It gives you, you know, that little supernatural hook. Gives you the tension of like now that we have the DC sniper who's like, you know, he got away. He's here. I. It's it's a little bit of everything, and I think she was just trying to mix a bunch of stuff and and then see how it shook out at the end. And I think it would be a pretty decent book. I think a little bit for everyone. Oh, Dave, it's been so great having you on our podcast today. If I want to hear your voice more, where can I do that? Well, I wrapped up about, about a year and a half ago. Me and uh, Sean, we wrapped up Groundhog Minute. So if you ever love the movie Groundhog Day, go to GroundhogMinute.com. And I yeah, do love the good. movie Groundhog Day. I just watched it. Oh, my God. It's it's so fun. And we thought when we first started, it would be silly. Like, oh, he spends the, the day over and a day over. We're going to get bored. But it's those subtle differences you see of Phil Connors and how Bill and Mary portrays him, which really open up of like how to how you know you see so much of that character. Now, the other one, I'm I'm, I'm getting near the end of it, but I like I like kind of milking it because I don't want to I don't want to get bored with it. So I, I do five minutes of mystery where I cover the 1999 superhero comedy ensemble Mystery Men starring Ben Stiller and Greg Kinnear and oh my I mean like Gene Garofalo we got we got well who else we got um William H. Tom Macy Waits. Tom Waits like <laughs> like if you've never Eddie seen Izzard. this movie Eddie Izzard Kel, Kel Mitchell <laughs> oh, yeah. we got 
Jeffrey Rush is our villain. Like, it's got everything in it. I, I, it's super fun, and it was right before the big comic book boom. So I highly recommend it if you're, like, itching for a comic book movie after, like, Avengers, and you're like, well, I need something that's just a little bit sillier and goofier, and it doesn't, I don't need, like, 80 years of comic book lore to figure it out. I hope this podcast entertains you. And I was on that one back in like the third of the way through the movie or something with with uh, my wife Brienne with uh, Goofy Movie Minute. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you guys were fun. This was um, this was this was fun. I'm glad I'm glad we got to talk books. You know, I, I feel like that everyone's been like saying, "Oh, what Netflix show are you watching? Oh, did you see this new HBO show?" I'm really glad we could be like, "Hey, get a book." And by the way, did you see the books? By the way, real 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 talk. I just picked up the Mothman of Lake Michigan stories because they're talking about all the Mothman sightings in, near Chicago now. That's I'm I am excited to open that one up. We don't really open up books here on this podcast, but we do love curling up with a good book cover and just looking at it. Mm-hmm. I, hey man, it's got a spooky book cover, so don't worry, I got you covered there. I got your cover covered. <laughs> Covered, covered. Yeah, and I, I did uh, tease that I was going to uh, share my my second part of my Halloween costume rant. Ooh. Should I, should I do that? I'll, I'll listen. Yeah, this. Yeah, we okay. can go into judging costumes by their packaging. <laughs> okay, so I was I was at Walmart a while back, and I saw this Cars, the movie Cars costume. And here's what it is: it's a one piece like you know, lycra or whatever they're made out of, polyester thing for a kid to wear. Mm-hmm. And it's and it says, it's like pants with a fake belt, and then it says Lightning McQueen on it. Like, maybe you're like a member of his pit crew that's not real because there's no people in the Cars universe. And then the, the costume also has big muscles, like a superhero built in. Who the so, hell is that costume for? So walk me through this one more time. So it's a Cars costume, but it's got like muscles. It's a muscular man that's a fan of Lightning McQueen. It's a guy, a guy who's basically wearing pants and a Lightning McQueen t-shirt, many of which you can buy at Walmart, but also is muscular. Wow, that is a very Yeah, I don't know. I don't I I got nothing for you on that one. I can't I I, I you get it? You like if you're acting it out, you go like you like pretend like you're standing outside of the theater and then you'd be like, "You talk about cars?" I love I, Lightning McQueen. Come yeah, over here. I guess that's what, yeah, I guess that's what you could be. And you're a kid because it was a kid size costume. Oh, kid size. I thought this was one of those like, like adult ones where it's just like, oh, I'm like a big uh, cars guy. So, <laughs> anyway, I've, I've had so much uh, time thinking about that costume. It still haunts me. It's yeah, like that, that's going to bother. That's a bothering one, yeah. Do you think that uh, that costume exists in an adult size and you could wear it on Halloween? Because I think that our Instagram audience would like to see that. I th- I think it makes more sense as an adult. I think it's so dumb that, <laughs> like, if you bought it as an adult, and the thing is, like, you know, like, we're, we're going to wear it now as an adult. You can't go to a party, obviously. Yeah. And you walk around with your kid, I guess, but it's like, I don't know. It opens up more questions. Really I set up one of those like creepy people on the porch for when people are trick or treating, and you know it's like one of those ones that like shrieks like a banshee oh, when you walk by. Yeah, except yeah. it just has we to replace the recording. It's just like a coughing fit, oh, which would be much more terrifying. I love my new queen. <laughs> and then you like see their face, and it's very normal, but no mask. <laughs> yeah, that's, nightmares. That's for sure. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is I just imagine as a kid, if you wanted to be a Cars character, you would want to be a car, right? Yeah. Not a muscular human. They couldn't figure it out, and they were just like, eh, 
I saw mm-hmm. Boba Fett costume today, and it was just like a muscular human as well. I'm like, he's not really known for being muscular. He has more <laughs> Wait, where where were you when you saw this costume, Nathan? The, the thrift store. <laughs> Arc thrift store. Yeah. Anyway, well, uh, where, where can people find us, Vee? Um, yeah, uh, you can follow me on Instagram, uh, V-E-V-E underscore E-R-Y. And um, when I DJ, it'll be on there, which will happen sometime. <laughs> And what about you, Nathan? Yeah. Well, uh, uh, no, just send us an email at bookcoverpod at gmail.com. That's our email. And uh, and follow us on Instagram. And if you see that we've, like, reviewed a book and you want to tweet it at the person who wrote it or someone who might care about it, just to, like, uh, you know, weird them out, I'd recommend that or re- leave us a review on iTunes. That would also be great. Ooh, that would be great. And if you want us to judge... <laughs> Nathan, we are a little desperate. I didn't say that. (laughs) Um, And if you want us to judge your book cover, then just send us an Instagram message with your book cover or an email at the email address that Nathan knows and I don't. Bookcoverpod at gmail.com. If you have a friend that's an up-and-coming author and they want someone to read their book, we won't, but we will judge it, and they can use that quote on the front of their book for real. We'll give it a, we'll give it a, a good review if you pay us. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. So that's not like... Send us a fiver on Venmo, and we'll we'll give it a nine or higher. All right, cool. man, you're like extra extra desperate tonight, Nathan. I I don't think that my ethics will allow me to do that, but I'm just saying you can. But I if you, I, if you I'm have any be spare honest. change, an extra dollar, or whatever, and you just want to drop it by my house. <laughs> If you want to ma- if you want to mail us a card and tape two dimes inside, like my gram great grandmother used to. Then yeah. mail that card to our email address that Nathan just said. <laughs> or write us a, uh, a check for two dimes. <laughs> All right, I'm, no sure our listeners- <laughs> I'm sure our listeners are enjoying this. Well, thanks again, Dave, for coming on, and we hope to talk to you again soon. Yeah, yeah it was great. It was great to talk book covers. All right, and we don't have a catchphrase. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> I just realized. You guys are, are all stars. Sure?